Hey moms, I'm back and I'm with episode two this week. I got the opportunity to speak to the lovely Anna Barlow. Anna is a mum of two, Hugo and Lucia. Um, She also runs the fantastic Mom Store, which is an online store for all your baby and child essentials, stocking the most beautiful brands. Um, I'm a big fan. Anna and I speak all things from poo explosions, going from one to two, sleep, um, recovering from birth, the fourth trimester, and everything else that has come up in her motherhood journey, motherhood journey to date. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Anna is a breath of fresh air. We have some laughs, um, just a good chat. Um, so enjoy. Hey, Anna, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. How's, how's your day been so far? We're recording on a Thursday. It's midday. How's your morning been with, you, with your kids? Oh man, it's been a hectic morning this morning. I started the day sleeping through my alarm and didn't get up to exercise, which is never a good start to the day. <laughs> um, but the toddler is at daycare. I've got two girls in our warehouse packing orders. I've got a baby who's currently asleep. So the day is looking up. Oh, amazing. So why don't you tell everyone who or anyone that's listening today a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so my name is Anna. I am 28 years old. I live in Thames, which is at the bottom of the Coromandel for anyone who might not know. Um, I live here with my husband, Richard, and our two children, Hugo, who is two and a half, and Lucia, who is nearly five months old. We kind of go back a little bit. You were our wedding celebrant um, years ago, but tell us a little bit about um, your business that you run as well, the Mum Store. Yeah, so um, yes, I am a marriage celebrant. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus from that with now that I've got two young children and another business as well. Um, so I own Mom Store, which is an online retail space for parents. Um, we sell eco-conscious essentials for mums and babies and parents. Um, and we started off pretty small two years ago, and things have progressively grown from there uh, to the point where it's now my full-time job, which is very exciting. I know when I was pregnant and even now, like the overwhelm of knowing what to buy, the amount of times I would actually go onto your store and look at what you had stocked under each thing and be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just get one of these because Anna thinks it's good. (laughs) We've tried to have a really curated range um, of everything that we found amazing from things that we were recommended and from speaking to our community of customers and what they want. And we've basically just put it all together and tried to make it a little bit less overwhelming for new parents. What I would love to touch on now is just where you're at in your motherhood journey today. Um, You mentioned you've got two little ones now who are just beautiful, Hugo and Lucia, that you're really enjoying or finding particularly challenging. Yeah, so it's still um, sinking into me that I even have two children (laughs) five months into the two-kid life and it's um, it is a wild ride and I'm not afraid to share that side of it with people because I think um, having two kids or just having kids in general can be sugar-coated um, and everyone pretends that it's all lovely and it can actually be really challenging um, especially when you're dealing with both a newborn and a toddler at the same time um, five months and I, I guess we're kind of finding our groove now with what the two mm-hmm. kid life looks like um, kind of back into it with work and um, the my toddler is in daycare which he loves and he has been all the way through which I honestly don't think I would have survived two kids if he wasn't in daycare at mm. times because 
he um in particular has a very big personality and of course being two years old is dealing with big emotions big feelings and then we introduced the change of a sibling and so um having him go to daycare was like a normal part for him I guess like his normal that could keep going through all of the change yeah so yeah it's been an adjustment adjusting to two kids um but I am enjoying it more now I think than I have been over the last few months um like Hugo's just the funniest little guy he has the best little personality he's always telling us jokes he's um requesting to listen to Taylor Swift all the time (laughs) um he's figured out that he can talk to our Google home and so he'll be like hey Google play Taylor Swift and start singing oh my god I'm like I fear for the fact that he knows so much about technology already kind of but yeah he's so much fun and those I guess outweigh the tantrums and the big feelings and um he is also a biter which is really fun when you send your child to daycare and they bite people um so and it's totally not anything you can do anything about like we've talked to teachers and we've you know, like done research to see if it's anything you can change. And like, it's just one of those things, like your kid's either a biter or they're not. And he is, and it's it's been a really challenging part of parenting him. And you kind of try to talk mm. to him about it. And I'm like, oh, why do you do that? And he goes, oh, I bite so-and-so and I make them cry. And you're like, oh no, but why did you do that? <laughs> you, you really can't reason with a toddler though. Do anything? Oh. Not really, and we yeah. kind of, we figured out that one of his, I guess, like triggers was when he was teething. It definitely got worse, and it was like okay. he just wanted something to, I guess, relieve those ouchy teeth. Um, but now, nah, like, I guess removing him from the situation, like if he's biting another kid at daycare, then they'll the teachers will try and take him away and talk to him about what he did and like separate those kids. I don't know if mm. it's like someone getting in his way or in his space and he just gets frustrated or yeah. I guess because we're not there like seeing it, it's quite hard to know exactly what's happening. But yeah. So has he <laughs> one of the bit toys. you? Or, yeah, has he bit you uh, or Lucia or your husband or he has bit Lucia, oh my gosh, that was like the most traumatic time for me. Oh. And he often did, and it happens so quickly. I was literally I was holding her, I think, when he just like whipped around and bit her and I I guess it's maybe that I was giving her more attention than him in that moment Mm. um but he's also yeah he's bitten us before but more in a moment of frustration or like just luckily we can we can kind of handle it a bit more but yeah when he's biting the baby that's only been once and he he hasn't for a while so I'm kind of hoping we might be moving past that stage yeah because I think yeah yeah a lot of like what we see on social media is just not real in terms of what it is like just to be a mum day to day and I love that you've kind of yeah. kept it real and you're like we're actually having a really shit day or I'm so tired because you know we see has barely slept all night and it kind of like and those I remember seeing like you post a story and I remember thinking oh thank god someone else has had like a terrible <laughs> night it's not just me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like, we all celebrate the wins of, like, oh, my child slept through the night last night. And you're sitting there and you're like, okay, cool. So my child's 10 weeks old and they've never done that. And your four-week-old's already doing that. And you start to, like, wonder if you're doing something wrong or, you know, like, it's so hard to not get caught in that comparison trap. Yeah. You know, the the transition from one to two was, you know – challenging in ways that you didn't expect and you've but you've kind of got to a point now where you're enjoying it more is there something you're like particularly enjoying about your motherhood journey at the moment 
Yeah, I guess both of them are developing way more of a personality now. Like even mm. Lucy is less of just a like sleeping baby now. You know, she's giggling yeah. and laughing and interacting and playing and rolling and has these bigger awake windows where we know we can do things with them both together. Um, so that all is like more enjoyable. Um, and also having her in a bit of a routine, like I know that she sleeps at certain times now. And that yeah. means I get those times to do things for myself which I think in turn makes me a better and more present mother um when they're awake uh because I know that I get those couple of hours to myself when she's sleeping mm -hmm. um to work or you know do housework or have a shower or whatever it might be and and so I think yeah having time to yourself does make the motherhood side of things easier and more enjoyable get so lost in just being mm. parents eh? that you forget yeah. that you have a, a husband or a partner in this as well oh definitely like I think Luke and I went out for dinner last night mum came over to babysit yay and it was Amazing. the first time when Luke was like when we got in the car and he was like oh my god this is the first time you've sat next to me in the passenger seat since before <laughs> we was born and I was like oh my god yeah it is like we've not sat in the car because, like, one of us usually sits in the back next to Louie. Like, well, that's just what we do. I don't know why we, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. The first time just being in the car, just the two of us, and we were like, this is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It's totally those little things too, right? It's yeah. Nice Tell me about your fourth trimester. And, you know, we can talk about, your, you know, your first fourth trimester with Hugo and then your more recent one. Like, how did you find it, highs and lows? Yeah. So this time is definitely very different to my first time. And I guess okay. both had both had highs, both had lows. So there was obviously a lot less of that kind of cocooning this time where you, you know, stay in bed for half the day and drink mm. your hot coffee and, and nurse your baby and have beautiful skin to skin. That mm. to totally didn't happen this time with yeah. a business that needed my attention and a toddler that needed my attention. Mm -hmm. um, but in saying that, with keeping Hugo in daycare, um, I did try to like come home after that and embrace the rest and embrace those moments with Lucia where I could. Um, yeah. So that I, I, I really wanted to try and give her what I had with Hugo when, mm -hmm. you know, obviously he was the only child back then and now I've got him as well. But you 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 feel guilty, I guess, for sending the toddler to daycare, but you do want to give your second baby those moments that you had with your first two. So uh, such a conflict of emotions. But mm. for me, I tried to kind of push past that mum guilt, I guess, and yeah. give her what I gave her brother. Yeah, and like you know, bed share with her and and nap on our bed during the day and have that skin to skin mm. time and still have that one on one time with her. Um, so it, I definitely wasn't perfect with it, and I I definitely don't think I got the same amount with her as I did with him. But mm -hmm. um, that's okay. I mean, that's second children. That's life. Nothing's yeah. ever going to be perfect. But yeah, trying to embrace that, and I guess knowing that she was like she's likely our last baby so trying to embrace some of those moments maybe more than I did with Hugo too because when you're in the thick of it with a newborn you can't wait to get out of it sometimes yep. <laughs> and then you realize how fast it goes and you sit there and you think oh maybe I should have embraced those contact naps more or you know maybe I should have just lent into that side of it but it is so hard to do in reality like being sleep deprived oh. and being touched out and just wanting a break is so normal but yeah, yeah. oh my god and I, I didn't even win. know what 
what doubt was before having a baby. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, remember saying to my mum, I was like, oh, but just at the end of the day, I can't even have like the dog on my lap. Like everyone needs to be a good a meter away from me. Mum was like, oh yeah, you touched out. And I was like, wait, what? Like that's actually a what? thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, people don't talk about it because everyone yeah. talks about how lovely it is to have a newborn <laughs> on you, and it totally is. But it is. Out, yeah. it's so normal to need that break too. Yeah, and like if yeah. you you literally go from like having your body as your body and not having anyone else in your little space unless you invite them in to like having no say really over how much that baby needs you that day, and it's it's a lot at the start. And I got super touched out because I was just like. You know, whether you're rocking or feeding, it's like they're kind of suctioned onto you all day. And it is so beautiful yeah. and it's so nice. And I probably miss that contact more now because, like you say, you know, hindsight, I'm like, oh, I wish I had enjoyed, you know, mo- like, enjoyed that moment more. But at the time I was just, there was too much of it. Yeah, um, way too much oh, of it. And you'd love yeah. to be able to just like space that out, right, and have them yeah. some beautiful contact naps for the rest of their life just when you yeah. want them. But <laughs> the reality exactly. is that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make those moments any easier, especially when all you see out there is like, oh, embrace it and, you know, mm. love every part of it. And it's like, well, sometimes you just don't. Sometimes you just don't love being having someone on you all the time. Yeah, yeah, I really felt that. Um so in terms of your your work then, did you take like some a, a break from it or did you kind of still have to keep <laughs> finger on the pulse a little bit? Yeah, what's a break when you own a business? Um, exactly. I tried to not be physically down at the store every day. I was really lucky that um, I've had a girlfriend come and work for me uh, for almost a year now and she kind of takes care of packing orders and managing inwards goods and that sort of stuff. So it did mean I could be for the most part at home um, unless things were really hectic. Uh, but of course there's all the like administration side of the business that doesn't stop either. There's emails and there's logistics and there's orders that need placing and bills that need paying. And I literally two days after Lucia was born was like had my laptop in the birthing unit and was paying <laughs> all of our bills that were due and like answering customer emails. And you just, you just do. And I guess like with my personality, I guess I could be described as having like a type A personality where if it's not done my way, I get quite frustrated and, and mm. I'd rather just like have that control and do it myself. And I actually relax mm. more doing it myself than trying to get someone else to do it so yeah I've definitely been working throughout but um there have been times where I've just put it all to the side and napped when I needed to nap and not worked when I could so yeah Yeah. I guess give and take bit of balance try tried to establish a bit of balance especially in those first few weeks yeah oh my god superwoman then doing all of that (laughs) running a business babies it's just crazy oh there's been a lot of tears I will admit there's been a lot of tears and it's definitely not all been perfect and I have not mastered all of it but um slowly figuring out how to to manage I guess (laughs) yeah with the fourth trimester was there any like you know people talk about you know like the emotions, like the the drop in the hormones. Did you experience any of that, any of those sort of, like for me I had not so much, like I didn't have the postpartum blues, which I had kind of prepped myself that, I, you know, that's going to happen, but it didn't actually happen. I had horrific night sweats, but um, did you have anything like that? Yeah, the night sweats are crazy. (laughs) So I remember remember them, I think, probably worse with Hugo than with Lucia. 
Um, but man no one prepares you for that and yeah I I remember you saying that you just you're drenched like you need to change the sheets every day you need to change your pajamas every day you feel like smelly and sweaty and then you've got like breast milk stale breast milk mixed in and it's it's so not fun (laughs) um but yeah I remember them this time not being as bad as with Hugo um but one thing that did get worse were the after pains um, and oh, they say okay. with each consecutive baby, the after pains get worse. And I actually had oh. them horrendously with Hugo, which from what I've heard is not super common with first babies. Um, yeah. But yeah, way worse again this time. So I was so really like, like a cramp or? Yeah, yeah. So just like your uterus contracting back down to oh, size. Yeah. yeah. So I was just um, taking like Panadol and ibuprofen super regularly to keep on top of that because no one's got time to have period type cramps whilst you're also dealing with two kids oh my goodness yeah so that was yeah that's not that's a not so fun part of the fourth trimester but I think it settled pretty quickly um this time maybe only a week or so of them being quite bad yeah um yeah yeah so that and breastfeeding this time so much better for me so i had a really really challenging time breastfeeding with hugo um he had like tongue tie lip tie he had a really poor latch i think we might have used nipple shields for maybe six months oh wow um which was like the only thing that kept us going but was also detrimental to my breastfeeding journey because at the time i guess you know first time mom you're very naive you don't know much at all. I didn't yeah. realize that that was leading to recurrent mastitis. So I think oh. I had mastitis maybe eight or nine times in the eight, 18 months that I fed Hugo. So um, that oh definitely goodness. added to, to the challenges. The first the first bout of mastitis, he was only about four weeks old and it just completely dropped my supply. And so although we'd fixed the tongue tie, fixed the lip tie, he was latching okay, then I got mastitis, then my supply dropped. So that then kind of kicked off a really challenging feeding journey for us. Um, But this time, I guess I armed myself with way more knowledge, um, was so prepared for it to not go well, (laughs) that anything above that was a bonus. So I did like antenatal expressing um, to just get my breasts I guess a bit more prepared for breastfeeding this time yeah. um I got a lactation consultant like the day after we got home from the birthing unit just to check everything because I was mm-hmm. like hmm, I don't want to be dealing with tongue and lip tie again and sure enough Lucia did have a lip tie so we got yeah. that sorted yeah I don't know don't know if it's something to do with the way I make children or, yeah. or what but <laughs> I was like okay cool we just like booked in got that sorted within I think within the week of her being born that's amazing um, and I just took like all the things like lactation bars and cookies and kept up my nutrition and water and fed her as much as she needed feeding used the silverette yeah. cups game changes and yeah I've just not had any issues with her at all which I'm so so grateful for that's amazing and because I know you've spoken really openly about like your struggles with breastfeeding Hugo um and kind of I think that's also just so important because so many people like I think people know you can you know breastfeeding isn't necessarily this thing that just goes you know the baby crawls up onto your chest after being birthed and like that I mean 
if that happens to people, I'm very jealous. It didn't happen to me. I yeah. remember like the midwife literally like kind of opening Louis' mouth and like pushing him onto my nipple. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reality for most people. I remember yeah. saying that to my midwife. So I was like, oh, I really want to do the breast crawl. And she was kind of like, okay, cool. Like you could tell she was looking at me like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like that that probably doesn't happen for most people. But, um, yeah, it, it's um, it's not talked about enough. I still think that yeah. it's not talked about enough how many things can go wrong with breastfeeding or yeah. what the challenges might look like. And while we're on the topic of breastfeeding, then what would be your, like, most used item to support breastfeeding with your most recent feeding journey do you think like one thing you'd be like yes this is a must-have I would say silverette cups for sure like I as soon as she was born I just put them inside my bra to prevent any damage and I had horrific nipple damage with Hugo like bleeding infected cracked you name it so um putting them on straight away this time was game changer I never had to experience any of that I didn't use a nipple balm or anything at all this time yeah and um although they're expensive you can then give them to your friends or lend them out or sell them or they have great resale value because they can just be reused again and again and again Mm. um so definitely a must that's why my one must for every breastfeeding month what would be your tips for coping with an unsettled baby or an unsettled toddler doesn't have to be baby um (laughs) both you know from yourself and and looking after them I guess yeah I I thought long and hard about this question actually um it's so it's so hard to deal with an unsettled baby and sometimes you try everything you know we all have be get advice from people or tips from people on what you can do to settle your baby and sometimes Mm. none of it works and you try everything and one thing I found and it is actually a tip that someone gave me is that sometimes you need to put the baby down in a safe place like in their bassinet walk away let them cry for a minute whether it be to even just take yourself to the toilet make yourself a coffee have like a minute to breathe and not have a small human on top of you so yeah. that you can like regulate yourself in order to be able to re- help to regulate them. And yeah, like, then okay. it's not going to harm them to cry for like a minute or two while you do one of those things, even if it's just stepping mm-hmm. outside the room, shutting the door and like taking a few deep breaths because yeah. you're like at your wit's end. And mm-hmm. I've been, I've been at that point so many times and you try to yeah. put them in the front pack. Cause you know, you get told the front pack fixes everything and having them on you fixes everything in there screaming and arching their oh. back and they they won't tuck their head into the wrap and then yeah. you're like you're you've got this soft wrap around you and you're like tying yourself and your baby into knots trying to get them out quickly yeah. <laughs> and you're fast screaming you're like about to start crying because you're so stressed yeah and so, I've had so many of those moments and I just like put the baby down walk away even if it's like making a coffee so that you can then just sit on the couch and settle them for the next hour at least you know you've got a hot coffee to make it a bit better Oh, so true. And like, you're just uh, like bringing back memories with the front pack (laughs) things. I had a wrap one and I remember Louis was just not settling and I was like, right, today's the moment that I'm going to try this wrap that I've never used and I don't know how to wrap it on me. And he was like screaming and not having a bar of it as I'm trying to learn to put this wrap on me for the first time. And it was just such a disaster. And I just like, why did I pick that moment to try it? But like, again, totally. But everyone does. You think, oh, this is the moment I'm going to try the wrap. And the the reality is you should probably try it when they're really settled and beautiful. 
um, yeah. so that you get used to it. But no one does that. No one has time to do that. They just no. go straight into panic mode and try and put the baby in. But hey, we live and we learn, right? Yeah, and I think it's such a good piece of advice as well. Just you know, put them down, step away. Coffee, yes. Just even if yes. it's yeah, like you say, it's something. Get it, get yourself a hot drink just to nestle in, because yeah. you might be you might be like kind of having to have them sleep on you for the next however long or yeah. whatever it might be. But get comfortable first. Totally. The other thing I would do is like I'm, I would be like, well, you're going to cry regardless of where you are, and I would just like pop them in the pram put my headphones in and just walk yes. and I'm like I would try and find somewhere that there weren't lots of people around because you know people yeah. look at you like why are you out of the house with a screaming baby clearly you need yeah. to pick them up and the comments of like oh they must be hungry as you're walking down the street and you just want to oh. punch that person in the face because you're like I've yeah. fed this baby for the last four hours and actually <laughs> they're just really overtired and they need to sleep and sometimes you just yeah. have to put them in and walk and eventually a lot of the time they will they will just fall asleep yeah the pram for me was a bit of a savior because it meant I wasn't focusing on like how long I'd been holding Louie to get him to sleep and it was like I was out walking I was enjoying the walk he was kind of becoming more settled like I think he's just always been a baby that's easier to settle outside like he's just so much calmer when he was worked up outside and yeah you just and the motion and yeah oh love the pram love a pram nap Love a pram nap. Yeah, so good. Especially when you can exercise and listen to music or a podcast or something at the same time and you feel like you're still accomplishing something while they're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, not just standing and rocking, which can just really exhaust you. I know it's one we've both been through recently, but what is sleep looking like in your home and how – you know, have you used a sleep consultant? And if you did, what success? What did you have success, or how did you find that experience? Yes, yes, I have, and it's something that I'm actually not ashamed to talk about. I feel like there's yeah. such a stigma at times around yeah. using a sleep consultant or getting help with your baby's sleep and a routine and things like that. But yeah. um, I think for a lot of people, it doesn't work from what I've heard, and that's why they then become, like, anti-sleep training or anti-using a sleep consultant. Um, But we've had nothing but success with both Mm. of our kids, which I'm so grateful for because far out not sleeping is, for me, probably one of the most challenging parts of parenting, Um, especially with running a business and now with a toddler as well. It's ate away at me a lot more this time than it did the first time around yeah so with Hugo we um we waited until he was about seven months before we sought help with his sleep I guess I kind of fell into that camp of like no I'm not going to sleep train him I'm really happy doing what we're doing if he needs Mm -hmm. to sleep in our bed with us that's fine um and I think because we struggled so much with breastfeeding you get told to like every time they cry out you feed them and you you bed share and you do all those things that help to, I guess, promote like a really positive breastfeeding journey. But Mm. with that was coming like a huge amount of stress, exhaustion, not sleeping at all. And Mm. like not having any of that time for myself, which like we were talking about before is what makes you a better parent. A lot of the time is having Mm. that time to yourself. And so at seven months, I was like, okay, had a chat to some friends and I'd been recommended this person to work with and holy moly, best thing we ever did. I think the first night he only woke once, like the first night we jumped straight into it. 
yeah he was like at the perfect age he was so ready um and yeah he just like adjusted to it really well um and yeah amazing so Mm. we talked about whether we'd do it again this time and i was like well yeah we we need to try it and i thought we'd probably go for like the same kind of age around that seven month mark um but basically since lucia was born she's been doing bed a lot of it had been doing a lot of bed sharing with us um Mm. because i knew i had to get up and work and get up and deal with the toddler I would just like pull her into bed as soon as she woke and we would just co-sleep for the rest of the night and she would just feed when she needed to feed. And that ate away at me a lot quicker this time, like not having my own space. I was waking up in agony every day from the positions that I was having to sleep in to make Mm -hmm. sure that she was safely co-sleeping with me. Um, Like my shoulders were so sore from having my arms like around her. Yeah. And... I remember trying to get her down for her like last nap of the day, like a week before Christmas and it, she just wasn't going to sleep. And I was so exhausted. I was crying. And I said to my husband, I was like, what do we do? Like, this is awful. No one's yeah. happy. She's, she's unsettled and crying cause she's tired, but is fighting sleep something wicked. And so we just like bit the bullet. I went on to the same sleep consultant we used last time, went onto a website she had an appointment for the next day and I was yeah. like, book, done, let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's just dive straight into it and see what happens. And it was definitely harder. Like she was four months at the time and it's definitely been a bit harder this time than with a okay. seven month old. Um, Cause she's needed a bit more sort of hands-on help with mm. getting to sleep, but that I'm so fine with doing that. And I'm still like prepared to help her to settle if she needs that. But already the change in her sleep patterns has been incredible for us to get our lives back, I guess. That sounds awful. Like I said, I I didn't lose my life when she was a newborn, but you can kind of lose yourself in in that newborn fog. Oh, 100%. And if you're so sleep deprived and you are working, like – doesn't leave much in the tank and it you know you don't feel yourself like it's funny when you were saying you just kind of had that 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 last that nap that wasn't working and you just had this moment of like this isn't going to this isn't going to work for me anymore because it was the exact same for me I remember I had a day where I think I spent the whole day literally just trying to get Louis to nap he had been awake for like four hours he still hadn't had a nap I knew when he had a nap it would probably only be 45 minutes even though he was exhausted (laughs) Luke was in Auckland and I remember just calling him crying, being like, no, this is it. I know Christmas is in a week, but like we're going to yeah. do sleep training now because I've just absolutely reached my limit. And it's, you don't, I definitely didn't think we would do it when we did it, but there was just that moment of like, okay, now I'm ready. Like I'm ready to do what it takes to get some sort of routine. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just more the self-settling, like Louie just couldn't self-settle and that's all I wanted to do for him to be able to do is actually get himself to sleep. Um, yeah. So you're not doing all that rocking for hours. And um, and I'm, now I found that, you know, he he actually, when we're getting him ready during his routine, he actually wants to be in his cot alone sooner. Like he doesn't actually want to be held much at all. Like he really enjoys having that space to kind of wriggle and get himself cozy. And I noticed that now and I'm like, oh, so we were almost like, 
we were kind of like hindering it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, totally. he knew what he wanted to do, but I was interfering with it. Yeah, and I'm finding the same thing with Lucia. Like we would do a lot of pram sleeps and I would feed her to sleep a lot. That was kind of my go-to. It's always been my go-to. Um, like put them on the boob, hope they'll fall asleep. Yeah. And um, now I actually struggle to get her to do that because our last nap of the day is like a 30-minute little nap and it's advised that they have that nap on you or like in the pram mm. or on the go um, because it's not like in a biological sleep window. Yeah. And she, you can tell she's like, I don't want to, I don't want you to feed me to sleep. She's like thrashing and she yeah. doesn't want to be rocked to sleep. She kind of just wants her own space, but you kind of need to force that, I guess, for that nap. And it is so lovely when, when she does sleep on me in those moments, like if she's really tired, she'll just kind of nestle in and still fall asleep oh. on me, which it's so nice to have still like yeah. a little moment of that in my day, um, yeah. especially at the end of the day when we're all exhausted and we can just all kind of sit on the couch and do nothing for half an hour while she sleeps exactly. but you can put something on for Hugo he can have a little yeah bit, yeah exactly and have a little bit just like a little bit of chill time before like the nighttime routine starts I guess yeah yeah the madness oh, so glad that that's been successful for you and it's funny because we were actually I remember messaging you when we were because we must have started like three days after and I remember saying like yeah. how long did it take like <laughs> give me this hope awful. And it, yeah 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 but it's amazing how quickly they learn. Like you can literally hear them learning and I have no shame in saying that we did it either because it was, it's been the best thing that we've like, there's probably been the best decision we've made in our like parenting journey so far to actually do that. And that's for me and for Louie and for Luke, like it's not just about me as the mother, but like Louie is happier as well. And yeah, you do know yeah. such a shift in the main. Like I, yeah. I could never put Lucia down on the floor to play. She just mm. always seemed really unsettled in the sense that she didn't like being there. And she was like a spilly baby, which I think didn't help. And I think she's grown out of that spilliness as she's gotten older. But now that she's getting good sleep, I can put her down under a play gym and she'll play with her toys and you go mm. can play next to her and she watches him. And we're like, we're getting that happiness and, and that time mm. where she plays and I get to do stuff. And yeah, it's, it is life-changing truly yeah oh on that note then hardest and most enjoyable season of motherhood to date and why yeah so it's funny I you and I were just talking about this and <laughs> you totally think when you're in the thick of it with the newborn days that they're the hardest and they yeah. definitely have their challenges like being touched out like your breastfeeding issues your postpartum issues all of that is absolutely challenging but for me uh, dealing with the big feelings and emotions of a toddler is a whole nother level of heart. <laughs> like, we're already at two and a half. We get sass. We get talking back. He will sit there and be like, no, mama, don't want to. Or no, like that. You know, like you serve him the dinner that he devoured the night before and he'll look look you in the eye and say, yuck, no, like that. And you're just like, oh, my God. It's, it's so hard like you again like needing to regulate yourself in order to regulate them and it's so yeah. not something I'm good at I just I guess I could be a bit of a hothead at times where I just want to scream and be like what are you doing you know like you told me you yeah. love that food why aren't you yeah. eating it but um it's so hard it's definitely been the hardest thing for me and I don't know if it's because I've got a newborn as well or so like uh-huh. she's not a newborn anymore but a baby as well that makes it harder um 
but yeah, big feelings, huge feelings. And I know it's going to get worse. I've heard that four-year-olds are even harder than two-year-olds. So Lord help us. That's funny because we were just talking about this before we started the podcast and I was like, yeah. no, don't tell me. I thought I'd got through the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. You have about 18 months to go of this beautiful, sweet little baby who's going to make you want like 100 more kids and then you'll get yeah. a toddler. And, and it's the toddler who's made me go, you know what, I think I'm done with two kids. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I think, yeah. Well, who knows? You might just be enjoying the next however long with Lucia and be like, oh, maybe it'll, it'll trip yeah. you again, maybe. <laughs> They have, a, they have a habit of doing that, right? You think that it's all going to be lovely. But no, I'd say this is my most challenging season. But again, it's like the newborn days. You realize it's a season and it'll pass. And yeah. um, in equal ways, it's the best age too. Because like I've said to you earlier, he's got the best mm. personality. He's so funny. He's full of energy and spirit. Um, he's so bossy I'm like you're either going to lead a country or a gang and I really hope that we can just like divert your massive personality and like guide you into the right direction so that you you don't end up doing dodgy things with your life but hey what will be will be do you think his personality like leans into more of your husband or yourself like do you see either of you in him from a personality oh, perspective I I think a mix of us both. Like we're both yeah. really determined, kind of headstrong people. Yeah, pretty outgoing, pretty outspoken. Um, so I think he's got all of that from both of us. Which yeah, is, yeah, super fun, super fun raising oh. that. Oh, sounds sound, he sounds like such a little character. I love it. And that I think like this. I, I love this question because there's. I think there's so many things you could think of but what's something you wished you knew about babies or becoming a mum that you didn't know which you think would have been so helpful um to have that insight earlier yeah I guess we've kind of already touched on this is yeah. that to have to try and have no expectations mm-hmm. um I, I have as a first-time mum I put so much pressure on myself especially with what you see like online and like with your friends and what you perceive parenthood's going to be like and nine times out of 10, your parenting journey is like not going to look like that. And it's not yeah. going to be how you had planned it out to be. So trying not to have those expectations. And you you totally can't. Like as a first-time parent, you just go into it always hoping and expecting the best. Yeah. Um, and it's only now that I've had a second child that I'm like, oh, man, you just I've just like let go of every expectation. And... I think probably enjoyed the process more because of that, because of letting all that shit go, really. Yeah. So you mean to tell me it's not just all going out to cafes and having coffee yeah. and with your beautiful little baby sitting in there pram asleep? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's what everyone does. And it's actually so funny because when they're a newborn and you do get those good chunks of sleep, you can yeah. do all of that. And oh, it's then when they hit like three months and they become grisly and unsettled and they don't sleep in the pram and they Mm -hmm. start like asserting themselves that you're like damn maybe I did have it good that's it's funny you say that because literally a week ago I said to Luke I was like one thing I would like to do different when we have another baby some time down the track is maximize on that newborn time where they will literally just sleep anywhere and everywhere like actually go out to cafes and restaurants more I mean we'll have a Another, we'll have Louis. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like you know, just actually because this we could have done actually and been out 
way more I think I was more kind of caught like we did definitely did get out but I'm like I was quite cautious around still wanting to do sleeps at home or like I don't know but you can actually yeah when they're that little they'll sleep anywhere yeah they're so portable and like obviously when you're a first-time parent you're figuring out breastfeeding and you don't necessarily want to be sitting in a cafe while you're still learning how to latch a baby onto your breast and so I guess that's what stops you from doing things Mm. but yeah totally they're so portable and in some ways in some ways easier then than when they want to get out of the pram and run everywhere now this is one little segment that I'm liking to ask everyone because I feel like most mums will have one and if they don't that they'll have one soon but a memorable poo explosion story oh I've actually got a couple so (laughs) one of them was I don't know if you call it a poo explosion because we completely took our child's nappy off him and um we were we were on holiday in Raglan at this like beautiful Airbnb and um we'd been in the car all day so we like popped Hugo down on the mat took his nappy off for like on his play mat luckily took his nappy off for some like nappy free time while we were unpacking and like quickly popped out of the room to unpack a bag and came back and he had pooped all over his play mat and was rolling in it (laughs) and so lucky that he didn't roll off the mat and like spread his poo all over the carpet of this airbnb (laughs) but yeah that's like totally a lesson if your child hasn't pooped today don't take their nappy off for nappy free time because they will do it on the play mat it is guaranteed how much they love just having their nappies off though Oh, it's, it's, it's actually something I've been using to like settle Lucia at the moment. If she gets yeah. scratches, I'll just like strip her off and let her roll around naked. And she's so much happier having, I guess, <laughs> a bit more movement and freedom. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so good. Okay, note to self, no bare bum time when we're no expecting to <laughs> Yeah. And oh, the other funny one, which I can see the funny side of now, and it totally wasn't at the time is um, we actually lost my mother-in-law recently when Lucia was about eight weeks old and her funeral was coming. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. Um, Her funeral was coming up and we were like, both myself and my sister-in-law had new babies and we were going to be putting them in the baby carrier and they were going to sleep the whole funeral and it was going to be, it was going to be fine, you know, we're going to, we're going to master it. And we were using cloth nappies at the time and I was like, hmm, we're not quite getting like a perfect fit on these cloth nappies with her size at the moment. So I'll put her in a disposable to ensure that we don't get any explosions in the baby carrier in the middle of the funeral. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you can tell where this is going. I like, Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> I was sitting in the front row at this funeral with her in the carrier, which was like a light gray carrier. And I looked down partway through and there was just like yellow poop all up the back of her that was starting to come through the baby carrier. And I was like, oh, my God, I should have just like put her in the cloth nappy. I shouldn't have put her in the disposable. Obviously, like the way that her legs were in the carrier had just like pushed it all up the back. And luckily, I had said to my sister who was there, I was like, sit on the end of an aisle because if I need you to take the baby, I want to be able to, I want you to be able to like get up quickly and come and grab her so that I can stay. Mm. And then Lucia just like absolutely lost the plot. So I was like, oh, handed her to my sister, gave her my car keys and was like, go and change your nappy, please. <laughs> it, was, it was like, at the time I was mortified. And now I can look back and be like, okay, that's kind of funny. Kind of funny, but kind of traumatizing as well. And did the front pack, how did the front pack turn out? Did it 
Is it stained? Did it come oh, out? Like, luckily, it's all good. It's all good. The, oh. I've got really good at removing stains with doing cloth nappies, so <laughs> yeah. I managed to save that one, thankfully. Oh, I've heard sunlight's the best thing for poo stains. Is that would that be right? Or have you got no? So that's actually a myth. Ah, so I know you. It, apparently, it removes the color, but it doesn't actually remove like the in-depth part of the stain. Oh. Um, so bleach, bleach is like your go-to, or like okay. nappy sand or vanish, which have bleach in them. So, yeah, best thing. Another little do. tip there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> And just to kind of wrap up, one of the things, and I think it's something that I didn't think about until, again, long, you know, months into Louis arriving, is a value that you want to raise your children with. Um, it kind of ties into the sort of parent you're going to be as well. But is there one, like, a value that you have discussed with your, your husband that, you know, you really want your kids to, to grow up with? Yeah. And, I again, like, even two years into it, I'm like, oh, obviously we have all these values that we want yeah. to instill in our children in this idealistic way that we want to parent them. But one that we, we chatted about this last night, actually, one that we have both really, like, agreed on is empathy. Um, mm. Both my husband and I are health professionals. So in our eight-year careers, we've seen so many things, you know, and you realize by dealing with that, that everyone is going through something like there's everyone's going to be dealing with something hard and trying to put yourselves into their shoes and see things from their perspective um in order to I don't know feel grateful for your own life for one but be empathetic and and imagine what they're going through is something that's really important to us for our children you know you don't want your kids to grow up and be the bully or anything like that so it's like you you try and make them think about what that other person's going through Oh, I really love Which, that one. Yeah. It's really hard when you've got a kid who goes around daycare biting everyone. <laughs> yes. you're, you're like, oh, yeah. And then you say, why did you do that? And you, and he goes, I just make them cry. And it's like, we'll get there one yeah. step at a time. We'll slowly teach him about empathy and hope that he realises that making people cry is not a good thing. We we could chat all day because there's just there's so much to cover. But with the mom with the mom store, tell tell people who are listening where do they how do they find it. Give us a little bit of a lowdown. Um, sort of products that you've got on there. I mean, I'm a big fan. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, mom store, we're a website only at this point in time. I'd love to open mm-hmm. a store, but I realise that I don't have all the time in the world to dedicate to that. Um, so you can find us at www.momstore.co.nz. That's mom with an O, like the American version. And everyone, yeah, I love that. Me, everyone's like, why did you choose that? And I'm like, I don't know. It just looks better. Like from a branding yeah, no, perspective, I'm... I guess it like sets, yeah. it, it sets us apart from everyone else out there, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I like it. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's us. We stock a range of what I would consider to be essential items for mums and babies. Um, there are definitely some luxury items thrown in there as well that I have loved through my pregnancy and postpartum journey. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically we, we're aiming to be a bit of a one-stop shop and a curated one-stop shop. So we're not going to overwhelm you with a hundred different types of baby carriers and a hundred different types of um, newborn things because mm. we know that you don't need them all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're a very curated store with all of our favourite things, really high quality, generally reusable and eco-conscious. Um, yeah, that's us. 
Amazing. And I know you're the bit of the, the um, reusable nappy queen. So if people want <laughs> some insight onto that, because you've inspired me to to try. Oh. Um, I'm not yet to take that step, but I feel like <laughs> now that the newborn multiple nappy phase is over, I feel like totally. maybe maybe it's time to kind of give it a go and I really want to because I think it's just crazy how many disposables you go through so yes you inspired me to to start with some reusables but I need to kind of mentally prepare for that as well I think (laughs) totally and we've got so many guides on the website that you can have a look at um to help I guess reduce that overwhelm simplify Mm. things the washing is so not that hard um and putting them on is not that hard either you just they just go on like a disposable nappy it's super easy once you get started you'll totally find your rhythm okay i need to do it i need to start you know where to find me i know (laughs) is there one product on your store at the moment that you're like loving like one thing you'd say oh like every mum needs this Oh, for the for where i'm at in my journey at the moment i am loving loungewear because Yes. It makes me feel put together, but it's super comfortable for when I'm just kind of hanging out at home. Um, yeah. I sleep in it. I wear it all day. I wear it to work. I wear it to the beach. It's probably the most versatile piece in my wardrobe at the moment and totally not an essential, but um, yeah, for where I'm at in my parenting journey, that's what I'm loving at the moment. Oh, and such a good um, baby shower gift for the mum, I reckon, to give someone yeah. beautiful pyjamas or loungewear because everyone gets things for the baby and it's so nice. Like I, my girlfriend's got me some loungewear and I remember just being so stoked because one, I hadn't prepared and got actual button down pajamas for breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, and it was just so nice to wear something kind of a bit more nice rather than just my PJs yeah. or trackies. And yeah, like you say, like you can just wear it wherever, like out, no one's going to know. Yeah, you feel so good. And then when the courier comes to the door, <laughs> you feel yes. somewhat put together rather than just hanging out in your jammy. Just got to check all the buttons are done up, right? Because I think yeah. we've all probably been yeah. there. <laughs> oh, I have so been there, especially when I was running the business from home. I think my courier and I got more intimate than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I love chatting to you. I feel like we could chat for so much longer, but I know you've got two kids and a business to get back to, so I'll let you go. But um, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Anna as much as I enjoyed having it. If you did, please rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. Um, I've got more episodes coming soon, so stay tuned and thank you for listening.